This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. And in this episode, we go back to Westminster Abbey for part three of four, looking at this fantastic iconic place in the middle of London. Also, don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place, Westminster Abbey, and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. In the nave and transepts are 16 crystal chandeliers made of hand-blown waterfoot glass. They were designed by A.B. Reed and Stephen Dykes Bauer and donated by the Guinness family in 1965 to commemorate the Abbey's 900th anniversary. The choir stalls were designed by Edward Bloor in 1848. Some of the stalls are assigned to high commissioners of countries in the Commonwealth of Nations. Beyond the crossing to the west is the Sancrium, which contains the High Altar. The Abbey holds the 13th century Westminster Readable, which is thought to be the altarpiece from Henry III's 13th century church and is the earliest surviving English oil painting in its collections. The present high altar and screen were designed by George Gilbert Scott between 1867 and 1873 and contained sculptures of Moses, St. Peter, St. Paul and King David made by the sculptor H.H. H. Armistead and a mosaic of the Last Supper by the designer J.R. Clayton and the mosaic maker Antonia Salvetti. The south transit contains wall paintings made circa 1300, which Richard Jenkins calls the grandest of their time remaining in England. They depict Thomas the Apostle viewing Christ's stigmata and St. Christopher carrying the Christ child and were discovered in 1934 behind two monuments. There are also 14th century paintings on the backs of the Salida or seats used by priests on either side of the high altar. On the south side, there are three figures, Edward the Confessor, the Angel Gabriel and the Virgin Mary. And on the north side, there are two kings, possibly Henry III and Edward I, surrounding a religious figure, possibly St. Peter. They were warded off during the Commonwealth period by order of Parliament and later rediscovered. Over the Great West Door are 10 statues of 20th century Christian martyrs of various denominations made by the Abbey's craftsmen in 1998. From the chapter house, there's a doorway leading to the Abbey's library, built as a dormitory for the monks and used as a library since the 16th century. The collection consists of around 16,000 volumes. Next to the library is the monument room, where the Abbey's store of historic archives is kept. At the crossing, in front of the Edward the Confessor's shrine and the main altar, is the Cosmati pavement, a 700-year-old tiled floor made of almost 30,000 pieces of coloured glass and stone. It's where coronations take place in the Abbey and measures almost 25 feet square. The floor is named after the Cosmati family in Rome, who were known for such work. It was commissioned by Richard Ware, who travelled to Rome in 1258 when he became abbot and returned with stone and artists. The porphyry used was originally quarried as far away as Egypt 
and was presumably brought to Italy during the days of the Roman Empire. When it was made, it was surrounded by an inscription in brass letters, since lost, written in Latin, giving the name of the artist Zodocus, probably referring to the designer Pietro de Arcedo, or his son. The inscription also predicted the end of the world 19,863 years after its creation. As opposed to traditional mosaic work, the pieces are not cut to a uniform size, being instead made with a technique known as opus sectile, cut work. It is unique among all cosmetic floors in Europe for its use of dark Purbeck marble trays, forming bold barriers in place of the more typical white marble. The pavement influenced later four treatments at the St George's Chapel in Windsor Castle and Canterbury Cathedral. Geometric designs, such as those found on the pavement, were thought to help the Abbey's monks in their contemplation and conveyed medieval Christian ideas on the nature of the universe that could not easily be put into words. Much of the design relies on a geometric principle called the doubling of the square, which was considered a trade secret among stonemasons. The four-sided squares, fourfold symmetry, and the four inner randals of the design represent the four elements of classical philosophy, with the central randall representing the unified state of the universe at the beginning of creation. Each inner randall is touched by two bands, representing the shared qualities of each element. For example, in classical philosophy, both water and air are considered moist, and both air and fire were considered hot. The 13th century Abbey's windows would have been filled with stained glass, but much of this was destroyed in the English Civil War and the Blitz, and replaced with clear, plain glass. Since the 19th century, new stained glass has replaced clear glass, designed by various artists. The North Rose window was designed by James Thornhill and made by Joshua Price in 1722 and shows Christ, the Apostles and the four Evangelists. In the centre is the Bible. The window was restored by J. L. Pearson in the 19th century, during which the feet of the figures were cut off. Thornhill also designed the Great West window, which shows the biblical figures of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, with representatives of the 12 tribes of Israel underneath. In the Henry VII Chapel, the west window was designed by John Lawson and unveiled in 1995. It depicts coats of arms and ciphers of Westminster Abbey's benefactors, in particular John Templeton, whose coat of arms is depicted prominently in the lower panel. In the centre are shown the arms of Elizabeth II. The central east window is designed by Alan Younger and was unveiled in 2000. It is dedicated to the Virgin Mary. It depicts the Hell Bob Comet, which was passing over the artist's house at the time as the Star of Bethlehem. The donors of the window, Lord and Lady Harris of Peckham, are shown kneeling at the bottom. In 2018, the artist David Hockney unveiled a new stained glass window for the North Transept, designed to celebrate the reign of Elizabeth II. It shows a countryside scene inspired by his native Yorkshire, with hawthorn blossoms and blue skies. Hockney used an iPad to design the window to replicate the backlight that comes through stained glass. The Westminster Abbey Museum was located in the 11th century vaulted undercroft beneath the former monk's dormitory. This is one of the oldest areas of the abbey, dating almost to the foundation of the church by Edward the Confessor in 1065. This space had been used as a museum since 1908 but was closed to the public in June 2018 when it was replaced as a museum by the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Galleries, high up in the Abbey's Triforium and accessed by the new Western Tower, enclosing a lift and stairs. 
The exhibits include a set of life-size effigies of English and British monarchs and their consorts, originally made to lie on the coffin in the funeral procession or to be displayed over the tomb. The effigies date from the 14th to the 18th century, and some include original clothes. On display in the galleries is a portrait of the Queen called the Coronation Theatre, Westminster Abbey, a portrait of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, painted by the artist Ralph Haymans, depicting the monarch standing on the cosmetic pavement of Westminster Abbey, where she was crowned in 1953. Other exhibits include a model of an unbuilt tower designed by Christopher Wren, a paper model of the Abbey showing Queen Victoria's 1837 coronation, and the wedding license of Prince William and Catherine Middleton, who were married in the Abbey in 2011. Over 3,300 people are buried or commemorated in the Abbey. For much of the Abbey's history, most of the people buried there, besides monarchs, were people with a connection to the church, either ordinary locals or the monks of the Abbey itself, who were generally buried without surviving markers. Since the 18th century, it has become a prestigious honour for any British person to be buried or commemorated in the Abbey, a practice much boosted by the lavish funeral and monument of Isaac Newton, who died in 1727. By 1900, so many prominent figures were already buried in the Abbey that the writer William Morris called it a National Valhalla. Politicians buried in the Abbey include Pitt the Elder, Charles James Fox, Pitt the Younger, William Gladstone and Clement Attlee. A cluster of scientists surrounds the tomb of Isaac Newton, including Charles Darwin and Stephen Hawking. Actors include David Garrick, Henry Irving and Laurence Olivier. Musicians tend to be buried in the north aisle of the nave and include Clementini, Henry Parcell and Ralph Vaughan Williams. George Frederick Handel is buried in Poets Corner. An estimated total of 18 English, Scottish and British monarchs are buried in the Abbey, including Edward the Confessor, Henry III, Edward I, Edward III, Richard II, Henry V, Edward V, Henry VII, Edward VI, Mary I, Mary, Queen of Scots, Elizabeth I, James I, Charles II, Mary II, William III, Queen Anne and George II. Elizabeth and Mary, Queen of Scots, were the last monarchs to be buried with full tomb effigies. Monarchs buried after them are commemorated in the Abbey with simple inscriptions. In 1760, George II became the last monarch to be buried in the Abbey, and George III's brother, Henry Frederick became the last member of the royal family to be buried in the Abbey in 1790. Most monarchs after George II have been buried either in St George's Chapel, Windsor, or at the Frogmore Royal Burial Ground, to the east of Windsor Castle. The south transit of the castle is known as Poets' Corner because of its high concentration of burials of, and memorials to, poets and writers. The first was Geoffrey Chaucer, buried around 1400 who was employed as clerk of the king's works and had apartments in the abbey. Nearly 200 years later, in 1599, a second poet, Edmund Spencer, who was local to the abbey, was buried nearby. However, the idea of a poet's corner did not fully crystallise until the 18th century, when memorials were established to writers buried elsewhere, such as William Shakespeare and John Milton. Since then, writers buried in poet's corner include John Dryden, Alfred, Lord Tennyson, Charles Dickens and Rudyard Kipling. Not all writers buried in the Abbey are in the South Transept. Ben Jonson is buried standing upright in the North Isle of the Nave, and Alfred Ben in the Cloisters. 
On the floor, just inside the great west door, in the centre of the nave, is the grave of the unknown warrior, an unidentified soldier killed on a European battlefield during the First World War. Although many countries have adopted the tradition of a tomb of the unknown soldier or warrior, the one in Westminster Abbey was the first and came about as a response to an unprecedented death rate of the war. The idea came from an army chaplain, David Railton, who suggested the idea in 1920. The funeral was held on the second anniversary of the end of the war, the 11th of November 1920. The unknown warrior lay in state for a week afterwards, and an estimated 1.25 million people viewed him at that time. This grave is the only floor stone in the abbey on which it is forbidden to walk, and every visit by a foreign head of state begins with a visit to the tomb. So, I hope you've enjoyed our third look at Westminster Abbey. Next time, we're going to be looking at some of the royal celebrations that have happened here at the abbey. Now, if you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk, or through our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.